Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we are back with a new season of Field Days Podcast, and what better way to kick this off? Um, what season are we on, by the way? Um, 10? Something like that. Two? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure either. But what better, to, what better way to kick this off than to have a very big guest? And that's, that's the director of our department. That's Heidi Washington. So I think we last spoke with the director. When was it? It was, it right, was right at the end of the pandemic. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. So it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, I think we'll talk about some of this stuff and getting back to normalcy. So, um, director, welcome to Field Days. We appreciate you coming back on. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, it's, I think, uh, you know, I think staff, you know, find what you have to say very interesting. And I'm excited to kind of talk about um, getting back to some normal things that we were doing prior to the past couple of years where it's been, you know, very difficult for a lot of people. So um, let's talk about that. You know, we, we just recently had the employee banquet in May, where a lot of, you know, really wonderful staff were recognized, were given awards. It was, you know, it felt good to be back in, t- in a room with hundreds of people there from the department and celebrating our staff. So I know that was very important to you. What, what, did, what did that day mean to you? Well, I, you know, I think it was important for everybody and a sign that we are getting back to normal. And what better way to sort of kick that off and do that than to get together as a group to recognize the outstanding efforts and accomplishments of the staff across this department from you know, the tip of the UP down to the uh, Adrian facility and everywhere in between. And so um, it was great to be back together. We haven't had a banquet in a couple of years. And so that was a little bit distressing. But I love the banquet. And it's just a great opportunity to bring people together. And uh, the night was, you know, it was just a great night. And we had a great MC this year. And Matt Mates, he, he did a great job keeping things going. He had a few roasts there of a couple people. And so that was pretty fun. But it, it's a very meaningful opportunity to recognize staff. And so, you know, we, the last couple of years during the pandemic, obviously very difficult um, on everybody. And our staff, though, as they do, they stepped up to the plate and met the challenge. And we... Uh, got through that because of the staff from all over this department. And I've said it many times, and um, it's been said by many other people, um, the resiliency of our staff and their ability to overcome such huge obstacles. And so everybody working together, everybody getting out of their comfort zone and uh, doing things that weren't in their PD, they weren't in their job description, but they saw that they were needed and they came to the aid of not only this department, but um, the aid of their coworkers. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that can be underscored enough. Just the, 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 the job that people did stepping up and helping and uh, it, w- it was amazing. And I do have to correct you on one thing. I, I mean, I think Matt was probably the third, third best MC at the banquet. I was gonna say she didn't. She took with great pains to not say he was the best. She said he oh. was good. So, oh, okay, okay. You know, she did have two, two former hosts. That two she's former hosts sitting right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, I good. I think he probably was the best MC. <laughs> I knew that had. was coming. I know. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so let's let's talk about. You're right. Uh, you know, for the past couple of years, 
we, the bank was put on hold. Some things were put on hold just due, due to safety reasons. And one of those things was what you brought back to the department when you became the director was rec day seven years ago, I believe at this point you brought back rec day and it's been um, an enormous hit, I think with staff to, to get everybody together, just to have some fun on a day and just, you know, meet, greet, kind of to see people that happened again this year too. And we had the lower peninsula rec day, I believe it was June 3rd here in Lansing, which was a lot of fun. I was there, the, the weather was perfect. You were there and the, the UP rec day is going to kick off next month on July 29th, I believe up in the Sioux or in Brimley. So again, these things return to normalcy. They haven't happened in a couple of years. It feels good to get back to some normalcy. And I think, I know rec day is huge for you. Right. Yes. Um, I think it's really important to have opportunities for staff to take a little bit of a break and have some fun together, meet other people from the department. Uh, I saw that going on all day and it was really, it was really great. In fact, I talked to one employee rec day attendee, who you may know, Jerry Brown, who uh, is an FOA employee. I think he's got about 40 some odd years in the department. And he said to me that being on the Epic Employee Recreation uh, team was the best experience of his entire career. So that's pretty heartwarming. And um, he's going to be on the team again for next year's event. And I love the fact that after four plus decades of service, he is still super enthusiastic about his job. And, you know, I, I think it's great to have people like Jerry and then, you know, sitting and, and playing right alongside brand new employees of the department. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. You know, they're, they're, you're, you're correct. I mean, Jerry has been around for, for a long time and, you know, he's just a great person. And that's true. He's, he's, they are alongside much younger staff who, you know, there's four generations working together now. And it's just interesting how our department has, has you know, um, morphed into four generations of people working together. And it's, it's um, sometimes that can be difficult, but you're right when we talk about they're all mingling together and they're all getting to know each other and they all want different things. And what a great event to bring all of that together and just meet and, uh, you know, just understand everybody. And it's, it's, it is, everybody has a lot of fun. And I know I was there, played golf with Chris, which wasn't the most fun part of the day i can tell you that but uh it was it was a great day so let's get into the strategic plan real quick i know that we're wrapping up the last strategic plan and we're going to roll into a new one what's what's our plan for that sure so the strategic plan uh as you know is our roadmap and the goals that we set for ourselves as a department and we've had a lot of great success with our previous strategic plans this year this strategic plan rather Uh, was a little bit more difficult because right during the middle of uh, us working through the plan, COVID hit. And of course, it's been, it was difficult during that time frame to make progress on accomplishing all of our objectives because of course, it was all hands on deck for everybody battling COVID. So the plan is supposed to end uh, at the end of this year, and then we will begin formulating our next strategic plan. We're actually in the process of about to start doing that. Uh, but we, what we have is uh, several objectives that we haven't had the opportunity to get to in the current plan. And so I actually just spent this morning with Cheryl Groves from our EPIC office going over 
the plan and where we're at and what we need to carry forward. So you will see that we will be bringing forward some of the objectives from the current plan into the next plan because even though we didn't uh, have the opportunity to work together to complete those, it doesn't make them any less important. And we still want to do those things, so we'll be bringing those forward, and then we'll add a few new ones. And part of the one of the items that was in the strategic plan was about recruitment and you know bringing in uh, new new officers, new staff. And we're recording this on June 24th, and we're about to head over across the street for our graduation ceremony, which is going to be, I believe, the the largest graduation class that we've had in, in many years. I'm just wondering what what you, what that day's going to what today's going to mean to you to see that many new officers uh joining the ranks and what that's going to mean for the department and all the facilities that are dealing with, you know, the staffing issues they're having. Sure. Well, I can't underscore enough the importance of recruitment and uh retention on on the department and the very direct impact that it has on the most important piece of our department, which is our staff. And so I'm very pleased that we have a large class and our recruitment team, not only, you know, our central office recruitment team, but our recruiters around the state, meaning the facilities. You know, we've we've really tasked the facilities with doing a lot of local recruiting and it's been very beneficial. And I'm I'm really pleased at how that is working out. Um, with their open houses and with facility staff directly interacting with prospective employees. And I think that's made a big difference. So we will continue to invest um, in recruitment. As you know, we've added some positions. We have a contract with a um, company that's helping us with some of our marketing. Just yesterday, I saw a television spot with uh, one of our health unit managers and with a corporal from SAI who were on the air, on TV, talking about their careers in corrections and the opportunities that exist for others to join this amazing team. So uh, recruitment is going to continue to be a focal point for us and It's um, promising with the class that we have now, and I hope that that's a sign of things to come in terms of our ability to start to get some bigger classes like that and fill in in those vacancies so we can bring some relief to our staff. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, in terms of how those officers are getting trained soon, uh, whether it's the next class or the class after, we're going to start having those classes be trained not at hotels anymore, but in a new training academy. Can you talk a little about that and what the plans are and where where that's all at? Yeah, that is probably one of the most exciting things that's happened, I think, uh, for the department in a long time, which uh, for those of, of us who have been around for a while, we remember back in the years when we had our own training academy out at DeMars. And um, that went away. And since then, we've been training in a variety of locations. So I really wanted to have something of our own for our staff, Uh, investing in our staff, investing in training and how we bring people in, but then also the training that we do every year throughout the year. It's important that we have a training academy that represents and reflects who we are as a department. And so um, we've acquired the base across from WCC, the old, um, well, Green Oaks, as many will remember during COVID, we used that. 
mm-hmm. in a different way, but that is under construction right now. It's under a pretty massive renovation, and um, we will have classrooms there. We will have a new uh, gun range there, and we will have eventually, this won't come online till later, but a bunkhouse there where recruits will be able to sleep and stay right on site. The, some of the classroom portions will be open later this year towards the fall, and that's very exciting. But one of the really cool things about the uh, new space is going to be the memorial garden area, the memorial wall, a place where we can honor those who have we have lost um, in the line of duty. And I have a team that uh, we put together from people within the department who have been working really hard on designing that um, and making it really meaningful. And I think that's long overdue that we had something like that of our own. So I'm very proud of that and looking forward to having an open house and being able to share this great facility with all of our staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you talk about open houses, we have another open house plan, and that's for our new records building. And I know that's been a big project of yours. Can you talk a little bit about what, how we did those things before and what this new one's going to look like and yeah, what it's going to mean um, to staff? I'm, the listeners can't see me, but I'm smiling because, you know, when you mention these things like mm. the new academy and, you know, the new records retention center – you know, they're just huge accomplishments for the department. They are really, they're really big things that started with an idea and then, you know, took the uh, collective work and effort and knowledge of staff across the department to put together the plan to get things in motion to, to eventually have these great facilities. So the records, um, new record storage is something that was also created out of an Epic team. I knew from working in Jackson that we had been storing our records in Central Complex, basically. And um, years ago, we used to have a contract with Iron Mountain to store our records. This is going back many, many years. At some point in a prior administration, they eliminated that and decided we could make use of this empty space in Jackson and do our own records storage. Well, maybe it sounded good at the time, but the records piled up and piled up and piled up, and it really was not manageable. And so I tasked a group of people with coming up with a way to get us out of that and to create a new space for us. And so that team has worked so, so incredibly hard, purging millions and millions of documents and files. And then, you know, we created out of what was the old bakery for people um, who are familiar with some of the buildings down in Jackson and renovated that into a state-of-the-art records storage center. And it's going to be all digital, and we're really looking forward to it. So we will be having an open house there coming up. It hasn't even been formally noticed. People haven't gotten invitations yet, but it'll be in August, hopefully in conjunction with uh, records office uh, supervisors meeting, where we can really showcase um, the work of this team and the benefit that it's going to have to the department. We just saw a, a video that uh, Calvin University put out from our graduation that we had there uh, last month. And I know you've been to, an, uh, I think, all of the college graduations for, for our prisoners who have been taking college classes throughout the pandemic in the last couple of years and getting associates and bachelor's degrees. And 
wonder if you could talk a little bit about what that's meant for you to see, because again, this is another one of those projects that's been years in the making with the the Second Chance Pell and all the work that went into that, and now years later, all the work that our staff did and you did, but then also the work that the prisoners did to get themselves there and then be able to see how they had their families walk across the stage, what that's what that was like for you to see that and also for our staff to see those uh, things. Yeah, well, that, that day was <clears throat> what I would consider uh, a really good day. Good day for everybody and the culmination of a lot of efforts and really transformative. I mean, that's what we're really about uh, in the Michigan Department of Corrections today in 2022. It's about transforming lives and helping people realize their potential and become better citizens, better fathers, husbands, wives, whatever the case may be. And doing that through education, it's just very powerful stuff. And so uh, to be able to see these uh, individuals, and I can say men because at this point, you know, these have all been held at the male institutions, but soon we'll have one at Women's Huron Valley. But to see what that looks like uh, when somebody has an achievement like that and is able to share it with their family. And for many of these people, it's the first time maybe that they've done something that they're proud of. It's maybe the first time anybody in their family ever graduated from or went to college. So it's, it's a pretty big step. You know, Michigan has been a leader in education for the incarcerated for a long time. And our partnership with not only Calvin, but with many other colleges, and that number is growing. I'm very happy about that. With Second Chance Pell, we will be able to have more opportunities for prisoners to get a higher education. And that's critically important because you know, as well as I do, that the research demonstrates that when you provide education to people who are incarcerated, they are exponentially, their their success rate is exponentially higher than people who do not receive that opportunity. So I think we want to do more of that. You know, some people who are not sure about providing college educations in prisons will say, well, how can you afford to do that? You know, why would you spend money on that? And my response is, we can't afford not to do that. We can't afford to continue to invest in people, invest, you know, in incarcerating people without giving them an opportunity to to get out of this cycle of crime. And so I think this is a great thing, and I'm looking forward to investing and partnering with more schools. Well, you know, Director, I, I have to say, what what you just said for, I don't know, the past couple of minutes, I, I think we need to put that on a loop, really, honestly. And I'm looking at Bree because, it, I mean, that's that's when you say, you know, we're this is what the correction, Department of Corrections is in 2022. That's exactly what I think and I hope that people get into this job to do, to be transformational and to give, um, teach people, provide people um, the skills to change. And without doing that, you're absolutely right. You can't expect somebody to be any different when they leave if we're not going to give them the skills to do that. So what, what you just said, I hope that everybody feels the same way I did when, when I heard that, is that's what it's about. That's why we do this job, and that's what, the, that's what Corrections is all about. So um, that was awesome. Thank you for saying all that because um, that stuff matters. And well, I would just say to Greg, not to cut you no, off, no, but, you know, this is a big department, and it doesn't really matter what role you're in. We all have a role to play in 
helping achieve this goal for our department and and helping people turn their lives around and you know that our agents in the field are have also transformed we've transformed the work that we've done in the field we've completely switched our philosophy from you know one that is where you know we're there to make sure people don't violate the conditions of their probation or parole to one that we're here to help you succeed with all of these you know with all of these conditions and succeed in your life so it's a completely different mindset and a completely different philosophy but again it, you know it it doesn't matter what your role is in this department you have an opportunity to an opportunity to be part of this transformational change that we're undergoing. So whether you're in the prison, whether you're in the field, whether you're in central office, and it's a big responsibility, but it also comes with, it's it's pretty heartwarming to see the change that's happening. Yeah, well said. And I think, uh, I, I don't know, Chris, I hope you don't have any more questions because I, I, I kind of want to leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know where you're at, but you know, I know, Director, you have a lot going on and I appreciate you know the time you give to this podcast because you know I, I think it's important for people to hear from you and this is just another avenue that we can do that. And I, so I appreciate your time. And, you know, I, I think uh, what you say is important and, and, and it matters. So thank you very, very much for kicking off our new season of Field Days podcast today. And, uh, you know, you got anything else, Chris? Or are you, you going to? I think you said it best. Okay. It's good way to start the season. We look forward to uh, the next couple of months. We got a lot of great episodes lined up. Not as important of guests as we just kicked off with. So we, we started high, we start but, high, but, yeah. but we're going we're gonna to keep it going as, as best we can. We got some great people lined up. And we're excited to share all the things that they have to say. Yeah, so stay tuned to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. <laughs>